Hello, I'm Ralph. This is my wife, Jane. We're here for the announcements, and I want you to know that we're here to represent the baby boomers. Baby boomers, those are those people born between 1946 and 1964. I'm in the beginning, Jane's right in the middle. So let's get on with some of the announcements. We have coming up first, next Friday, we have Fall Fest, October 28th, 5.30 to 8 p.m. Please sign up to volunteer on that app or on the website. We need a lot of volunteers. A lot of things going on that night. That's a big family night. And, and they need more candy, more candy, more candy. Volunteer app. Okay, the next thing coming up after that would be One More Youth. That's on November 2nd, between 6.30 and 8 p.m. Middle schoolers and high schoolers are invited to One More Youth. Our monthly It's a monthly hangout night. Man, that was cool. I tell you, back in my age, I'd like to have that. There will be games, pizza, worship, and a message. That's on November the 2nd. Then right after that, on November the 6th, at the after the 11 a.m. service, join with Pastor Steve and Alice for uh, a newcomer's lunch. That's going to be right outside on the on the veranda out there. And uh, they'll have a nice lunch front deck after that service. And it's going to be a great opportunity to meet them and ask many questions of the staff and anybody else about the vineyard. Then I want to put a little uh, word in for the men's Bible study group. That's one that I'm personally very fond of. That meets every Tuesday between 6.30 and 8 p.m. Uh, times are a little flexible there, but that, that's where you are. And you can be live or you can hook onto us with Zoom. So we can do a hybrid meeting either way. So if you happen to be involved with the Bible thing and then, you know, being a, a fellow that goes back up north for a while, you can stay with it on a Zoom platform. So that works out really good. During that time, we give testimonies and uh, we share God's word and we just show love for one another. It's a wonderful thing. Men's Bible study. And, uh, okay. If I've missed anything, you can just go to the app or the website because it covers all of these things in much better detail than I just did. And all the events are listed and described there. So I guess if there's nothing else, let's get ready for worship. Woo! <laughs> uh, welcome those of you joining us online. We're getting ready to go, go here. Glad you're with us. Uh, worship will be fun together. And then... Uh, we're going to hop into our message again on spiritual battle called The Fight. Uh, today we're talking about the gospel, the good news, the shoes of peace. So get your Bibles, get ready. Here we go. Woo! Thanks, Pastor Steve. If you know, you know. If not, sorry. <laughs> good morning, everybody. It is great to see your faces and hear your voices. I always tell you guys, I love just like being in the room and hearing all the conversation happening. Because that's where we grow, you know? That's where we connect and where we build each other up. And it just always makes me happy. Anyways, good morning. Welcome. Glad you're here. I'm going to tell you guys what we'll be attempting to do. In case you don't know, we start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship, and then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classes, and we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in the fight, part 15. It's a really good one today. I'm excited for you all to hear it, but before we begin, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come?
We thank you for meeting with us, Papa. We love your presence. We're so grateful that we can gather corporately and celebrate you. thank you for the way that you the ways the many little ways that you've shown us you are near this week and help us to trust that you will do it again next week as we continue to press into the spiritual battle that we're discussing that we're learning about that we are in Papa would you keep our hearts softened and our ears open Help us to be good receivers of your word. Let those words take root inside us and change us. Help us to be more like you. We love you, Papa. We join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord God, without your help, we are not able to live lives that please you. Mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things guide and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance, a remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table, or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning, and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together. I'd just like to encourage us all to sing out and lift our voices and worship Jesus as we elevate his name today. We're going to see the words pop up on the screen, so it'll be easy to sing along with. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. He inhabits the praises of his people. Your house, your place, our praise becomes your house, your place, 
You are here. I can feel you. You want to bring peace. You want to bring healing today. You are here.
receive the peace that passes all understanding to guard your heart and your mind. The Prince of Peace is here. Give it to him. Receive his peace. Come on, be a good receiver. Receive the peace of God in that place where you are agitated, you're scared, you have anxiety. Give it to him.
Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. And we are so, so thankful, God, for this time of worship in your presence. And Lord God, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh Lord. You're so good, God, and we love you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Nice, emphatic there. Very good. Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Hi, boys and girls. How are you? Cool, good. But today we are talking about this man named Sephaniah, and he was a prophet, and he wrote a book. What do you think the name of the book was? Who knows? Sephaniah. That's right. Good job. It was the book of Sephaniah. And Sephaniah, right, was told by God about what would happen on this particular day, right? And that day is called the day of the Lord. And God told Sephaniah that on the day of the Lord, he would punish those that disobey him, that don't obey him, right? He said... That that would happen. And Sephaniah told the people of Judah this very important message. And then God said to Sephaniah, I will get rid of all the things that people worship instead of me, right? The day of the Lord is going to be a really bad day for people that don't love God, right? God is going to be very angry with the people who do wrong things. It's going to be a dark and cloudy day. That's what it says, right? Yeah. Change the way you are living before it's too late, Zephaniah told the people, right? He said, change your ways, right? Love the Lord your God and follow him, obey him. Zephaniah also told them about the good thing about the day of the Lord. He said, when I punish sin, right, I will take care of those who trust me right? He said that I will keep them safe. And he says that on that day, I will fix everything that is wrong, right? I will make all bad things good again. And I will make, I will make sure that all the things that are broken will be like new. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And then he said that day, would be an awesome day and God's people will rejoice. They will sing and they will be happy and they will shout for joy, Zephaniah said. And then he said in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. Yes, he will take great delight in you, right? In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Isn't that beautiful? I know, right? Yeah. Zephaniah told God's people, right? Told all the people that God, that on that day, on the Lord's day, he will judge sin forever, right? And Jesus will return and Jesus will make all things right. Isn't that amazing? I know. So good, right? Okay. 
Awesome. Are you guys ready to tell me the Bible verse? Okay, so you guys repeat after me. Ready? Okay. Zephaniah 3.17. Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you. But will rejoice over you with singing. Awesome job, boys and girls. That is so good. Look at that. Look at the that. children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder okay. of those who diligently seek Him. Pastor Georgina is going to pray for them, and then we'll head them on their way to Children's Church. All right, guys, are you ready? Let's talk to Papa, okay? Let's talk to the Lord. Close your eyes and bow your heads and think about the Lord. Father in heaven, we are so thankful, Lord God, for our children, Lord God, for the way that you take care of them and that you love them, Lord. And Father, we can't wait for that glorious day, Lord God, when you will make all things right. In Jesus' name, what do we say, guys? Amen. Amen. All right, awesome. You can go to Sunday school now. Amen. Good job. Have fun in children's church. Listen to your teachers grow in the Lord. Good morning. Welcome to the vineyard. So glad to have you here. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to have you as well. Very cool that we can connect virtually. People watch from all over the world. I'm always fascinated by that, how, how cool that is. What a great uh, time to live in doing this. I'm sorry, there's a fly that's distracting me. Go away. I don't want to kill you in front of everyone. <laughs> but don't come back. That was grace. Next time, judgment. No, probably more grace, but anyway. I was up here. I get to watch a kid's face. I love watching the kids. Because, you know, I've been here so long now that I've seen it happen twice where those kids are kids and then they grow up and they're part of the church. And I love watching that. But at that age, you know, there's some that are really keenly interested in what Georgina is saying. And then there's some that are just looking themselves on the camera. And some, who knows where they are? They're just looking around, picking their nose and stuff. And I like, it's just like the grown-ups. It's awesome. Uh, before I get in, let me say, um, Friday, we have a big event that we do, we call Fall Festival. And uh, we've done it for years. We haven't been able to do it the last two years because of COVID. But what we do is we take the chairs out of the auditorium and we, we have all kinds of really cool bounce houses, like lots of inflatable things. And we set that up and we have... Uh, we have a concert. The, the guys work really hard. There'll be an awesome concert. We're actually, I don't know, I, I, am I allowed to say who's coming down, Kim? Or I just have to keep saying surprise guests. So uh, uh, Ben and Eddie Dorfel are coming back uh, for the, to do the concert with us. 
And so we're really excited about that and their wives. And uh, now they're all grown up and have wives. So it'll be an awesome time. Um, it used to be, we haven't had it in a couple of years. Wild. Like so many kids would come. It was awesome. Uh, and we're hoping that they'll come back. Well, you know, but if we have to build back, we will. Um, but we need a couple of things. More candy, please. Uh, if you can bring us more candy between now and Friday, that would be awesome. Uh, and if you don't get it here by Friday, go ahead and bring it. We'll, we'll eat it. But still, it's, it's candy, right? Uh, <laughs> Friday's best. And then we need volunteers. And it really takes 40 or 50 people to pull that event off, okay? And I, I'm, we're not there yet. So uh, just, you know, to keep kids safe and to help them in and out of rides and to give breaks to the people that are uh, making sure things go. So if you can help, there's a spot on the app. Uh, it's like the fourth thing on the app that says, I can volunteer for a fall fest. Or tell Pastor Gerdine or Pastor Fran or somebody, hey, I'll be here. And uh, But it's easier if you can go through the app. And help us uh, get that going. But um, that's a great, you know, you have to, as a church, we always were looking for ways to connect with the community. And one of the things that people don't realize is if you've never been inside this, this church, this facility, it might seem a little daunting. Uh, it's, it's, it, think about places you've never been and that it takes you a little bit of sometimes maybe to step into something. What's it going to be like? Where are things located? So if we can get people in the community to come for another event, then when it comes time to get them here on a weekend, then they've already been in, right? And they know where things are, and it's a lot less daunting. That's the idea behind these events, is that get them and have them enjoy themselves so they can come and ultimately come to visit us and where they hear the gospel, which is our big heart, and that the hope in all of that is they come to know Jesus. That's why we do these things. So uh, it can be a little little wild, but if you can help, please do, okay? So that's, uh, we're looking forward to that. Ah, commercials out of the way. That code, that QR code, if you pointed your smart device at that, if you were a first-time guest, you'd get a link to our digital connect card, name, phone number, email address. We'd love for you to give us that information. Know that if you do that, you will get texts and emails from us that last five or six weeks. Then, then we'll stop. But, um, but they'll come, and they'll ask you questions and tell you things and keep inviting you back and all kinds of things that happen. We also have a gift for all first-time guests back at guest services. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by on your way out. Ask for your free gift. We'd love for you to have that. That would be cool. We pray for our neighbors at this time. We do this corporately every weekend to reinforce what we've asked you to do every day, which is to be praying for the people that live around you. That's huge. You are planted where you are, and one of the reasons that God does that is because he wants you actively praying for those people that live around you. And so we, we sort of get here, and then I, you know, I'd ask you to do it now. Just think about a couple of your neighbors and Get them in your mind's eye, if you would. And let's go to the Lord. Uh, Papa, we pray for our neighbors. We lift them up to you, God. We ask that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways, and that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. And God, help us to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Good, keep it up. That's a big deal, big part of the battle that we're in. And that's what we're talking about, the spiritual battle. We called it the fight, and we're in our 15th week. This will be our third week, actually, on the armor of God. Well, the fourth, if you count, that I did a little intro on the armor. 
But the whole series was leading up to this. And because there's this big therefore in the armor about why, I felt like we needed to go and set a pretty solid biblical foundation for why there's a spiritual battle, why there's evil. What, you know, how does that work? What, what happened? What's, what are the problems? And so we have covered that in the, the first 11 or so messages in this series. If you, if you didn't hear them, I don't say this very often. You, I think they're really helpful. And that they will help you understand the, how everything flows from beginning to end in the Bible. And so, uh, in the armor now, we've looked at the belt of truth. That was a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, and then last week, Pastor Doug stepped up for me and he uh, talked about righteousness. And uh, I like what he said, his evil twin, self-righteousness. And part of the problem with being people of truth, and I said truth is all about knowing Jesus, is that we have a tendency to very quickly become self-righteous. And that's the worst thing that can happen. That's what the Pharisees did. And it happens to the church all the time. And we have to be aware of that and fight against that. We want to we wanna live in the righteousness of God not in our own. And so we talked about that. And today we're going to talk about um, having our feet ready with the gospel of peace and what that means. And, and so we'll, we'll get there here. We're going to get there very, very quickly. Uh, let's get the bad jokes out of the way. Oh, and my, you may have noticed that Alice is not with me. Um, she's a little under the weather and so she's not here, but she's been watching online. So hi, honey, if you're watching, we miss you. Hi, people are saying hi. Yeah. And, uh, I don't have the, her to bounce these jokes off, so it's, it's a little empty. But we're going to do a couple anyway. If a cow doesn't produce milk, is it a milk dud or an utter failure? <laughs> or both. This joke is similar to one I've done before, but I like it. 6.30 is my favorite time of day, hands down. That's similar to me saying, I was up here when I said that Irish dancing is my favorite kind of dancing, hands down. You like the little action, eh? <laughs> I had another joke about procrastination, but I'll tell it to you later. Um, All right. We're going to press in because the visitors will think that's what he does. No, this is not what he does. We're about to do what we do. I want to get into the scripture reading. If you are able, would you please stand for the reading of the word? First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which... You have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You may be seated. 
So, we're going to talk about this next piece of the armor, which is to have our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And, and all the armors are important, but this one really gets to the heart of what we're called to in this battle, Ephesians 6.15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, you, you might think it's strange that we're talking about peace in the well, three quarters of the way through a series on spiritual battle and conflict and armor, but it's not. It, see, it's, it's actually that the goal of this battle, the goal of our warfare, is that people would accept the terms of peace that God extends to us in Christ Jesus, that, that there's a way to be reconciled, that we've all gone our own way, but God has made a way back. And that's at the heart of this sort of discussion and, and battle. Remember, we've, we've looked at who the enemy is, and we've talked about the fallen Elohim and, and how they got authority with the nations and all of the mess that's happened and how, you know, Jesus has come. We'll talk more about that. He defeated sin and death at the cross and resurrection. The enemy is, is defeated but not departed. And this conflict remains against the undeparted but defeated enemy. And, and we need to be aware that our, our battle really isn't focused against them. We need to be aware of them and know that they're behind basically everything that's a mess. But that the way that we're to engage in this battle is we're, we're like behind enemy lines and we're helping set the captives free. We partner with Jesus. We looked at the Lord's Prayer. And our part is to help people be reconciled to God by sharing with them the good news. That's the way out. That's, that's it. That's what this whole deal comes down to for us. We're to be people, people of the truth, people filled with Holy Spirit, people with fruit coming out of our lives, and, and living in such a way that we have opportunities to share with those who are still in darkness that there is a way back into relationship with God. And so understanding and knowing this gospel, this good news and what it means, and being ready with it is a really important part of what that we do, all that we do. Now, I feel very, very confident that Paul, um, because most of the armor, if not all of it, links back to the Old Testament, when he's talking about this picture of having our feet ready with the gospel of peace, he's pulling in this passage, a beautiful passage from Isaiah 52. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, and who say to Zion, your God reigns. And here you have the, uh, a picture of people who are running to bring good news. And the good news is news of peace and salvation, and, and it's a readiness. They're, 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 there's an excitement in it as they come and say, God reigns. God has made a way back. God loves you. God is for you. And, and even though the evil one has been up to all sorts of things and has uh, trapped you, there's a way to be free and a way to be reconciled to God. And, and that's why this is such an important part of this armor. And when we receive the gospel, what happens is it allows us to be at peace with God. We were distant and we were gone our own way, but, but receiving the gospel allows us to be at peace with God. And when we're at peace with God, we can experience his peace, which we'll talk more about, which is like amazing. And, and then we can be at peace with others, which is a big deal. And then ultimately we can be at peace with ourselves, which is the most, probably most important thing, because when you're at peace with God, 
experiencing his peace, the peace with others, and peace with yourselves. You live in such a way then that your life has the ability to impact other people. And so that's why we need to be aware of how important this is. And, and one of the reasons I think that the enemy tries to do everything he can to not let you stay at peace. Have you ever noticed throughout the day how many opportunities come to irritate you and to just rip that peace out of your life? I'm fascinated. It, it, uh, you know, it, it, for me, it almost begins the moment that I step out of my early morning coffee time and go take garbage out or something. Uh, how, how, <laughs> how things can happen and how quickly that my peace is threatened. And, and, and yet, if, if we don't sort of realize what we have and, and as being God's kids and what it means and just keeping ourselves sort of in that peace then it'll get taken from us. And when you lose your peace, you know what you do immediately? Everything becomes all about you. you it's all about you. It's personal, right? It's, and when it's all about you, you miss the bigger picture. And you're no longer engaged in the battle the way we're called to be engaged. And so you just have to be aware that that's an attack. Well, that's, that's the enemy. You may not get it quite that quickly. I, I was laughing. I'll, I'll tell you a story. I didn't tell the other groups this story. I may not say it again. But this week. So where I live, they're making a little shift in how the garbage is collected. So okay. But I didn't, I didn't catch the news right away. And so I have always put my garbage out in a couple of bags, done it for as long as I can remember. Tie them up nicely. They're neat, strong, nice bags. And then one day they didn't get picked up. I go, what's going on? But they don't pick up bags anymore. Okay. It's been this way forever, but that's okay. You can tell where I'm at now, but not. you have to have your garbage in a can. I can do that. So, a couple of days ago, I put my garbage out in a can. Come back later on, big sticker on the top of my can. This can is too big. Pre-made sticker, so I'm not like the first one. 32 gallons or less. And full of garbage, they didn't take it. I quickly realized, not quickly, after, after going through several evil plans of how to get revenge, I wasn't always a Christian. I had 25 years of none. <laughs> oh, that's not, but yeah, oh, that's not God. I don't want to be that person. And I, I come, I realize, okay, they, they, you know, they've changed the truck. God bless them. They've changed the trucks to pick up a certain size can so people don't have to lift it better for everybody. Totally get it. All right? Now. <laughs> But the, the opportunity was there for something that really doesn't, it's not that big a deal to make me be something completely other than who I want to be and represent in a way that I don't want to represent. You get it? It's just an attack. But it's all happens all the time. And we choose how we respond. And I don't want to be, I want to have opportunities. I want to, I want to be able to pray for that guy. I already am praying for him, but you know, <laughs> in, a, in a better way. And so I need to live in a certain way. Well, that's what this whole deal is. So we have to know that we, we need this peace of God. And when we feel it sort of being, getting, it's because the enemy wants to get you out of the battle. And I, don't, I want to stay in, I want to stay engaged. I want to be a person of peace. And I want to be able to be one who can share this gospel 
with people. Because, see, the gospel, the best way to experience the gospel is by giving it away. That's so cool. And, and, and yet we can't do that because you, you can't just not. People need to sort of be ready to hear it. You can't just for, you ever notice it doesn't work when you try and put it on people. You have, the, you have within you life-changing news, best news in the universe. And yet, if people aren't ready to hear it, they just won't hear it. So the, the way that we are able to share it is to live our lives in a way that we're trying to draw closer to God and be loving and move in the right direction. So that hopefully people notice something in us and begin to ask questions. Because if anybody's ever asked you uh, uh, why and what you believe, you'll notice that that goes way smoother. Even if they disagree with you, you have opportunities to share. So, so we want that uh, in our lives. So we want to be able to give away this gospel and, and to stay in there. To do that, we need to be at peace and experience the peace of God. So what's the gospel? Uh, in your translation, it might say gospel, it might say good news, it might say both. Same word. Uh, it can be interchanged. Let me tell you, at the time that Paul really grabs a hold of it and gives it to, to us, the way that the word was being used was it was the, the proclamation of a victory. Uh, when, when the Romans would have a military victory, they would go all over the towns and they would, the good news, the, the gospel, hey, we've won another big battle. And that would be proclaimed everywhere. Paul takes that term and he says, wait, we have a better, better news than that. Uh, the greatest victory that's ever been won has happened with Jesus at the cross and in the resurrection. And that's the good news. That changes everything. Romans 1, 1 and 2, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures. We'll look at that again in a moment. Uh, and and so so it's this word being used to proclaim this amazing victory that we have in Jesus. And when Jesus did what he did, when God came, fully God, fully man, went to the cross, took on our sin, uh, paid for all of that, died, and then defeated death and rose again, he changed everything. That's what we've been waiting for because now we could be reconciled back to God. And, and that's what we were waiting for. And, and so it was such a major moment. That's why it's called the good news or the gospel. So impactful is this that the enemy's, his like main thing with all the mess that he does is that he's desperately trying to keep people blinded to that life-changing message. Look at this, Second Corinthians 4. Even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perished. It's, it's veiled to those people who need it the most. Why? The God of this age. Now, if you've done this series with me, you know what that means now. Maybe before, you used what God? What, isn't there just one God? Yes, El Elohim, one God. But Elohim, lots of other little g-gods in the spiritual family. This is the problem. And the, the God of this age. You know, we're waiting for the age to come. But we got these guys defeated but not departed. Have blinded the minds of unbelievers, so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. They're blinded. You you know the mission in Luke that Jesus said that he's come to give sight to the blind? It's more than physical. It's this. And and so this is the big deal. This is what we're supposed to do. The enemy is trying to keep people captive, and we're partnering with Jesus, helping to set them free. So... 
What is the gospel? So I just want to give you sort of the elements of the gospel. You should know these, uh, and you know you don't have to memorize them. But if you if you want the notes, just put your smart device and point at that code, and you'll have them in your email uh, thing, and you can look at them. And uh, there's it's not a whole lot of them. Uh, there's there's four that we're going to go through. Although one of them has a few letters, so it's more than four. But four looks easier. Um, but here's what you need to know. First, you need to know that the gospel. The good news, it's the plan of God. It's the plan. It, it's its uh, in the Scripture, and it's in the Old Testament. Uh, it's not just something that they sort of came up with New Testament. For what I received, 1 Corinthians 15, 3, 4, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And when Paul is talking there, he's talking about the Old Testament. It's in there. Uh, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And so we said this a few um, lessons ago uh, in that the, the gospel is clearly presented in the Old Testament, um, but it's, it's, it's hidden until Jesus does what he needs to do. And then all of a sudden you can see it very clearly. Looking back through the cross and resurrection, you can see how the plan is there the whole time. I said it was hidden in plain sight. We know that because we can see it now. You can look back and remember all the New Testament writers, I love it, the light bulbs are going off. They knew those scriptures and all of a sudden they were able to connect what just happened and they're, they're so excited as they write about it. But the enemy didn't know and he knew the scripture. He didn't know because if he didn't know what the plan was, he wouldn't have gotten behind crucifying Jesus. The enemy thought they were winning, and in effect, they were just helping to usher in that which changes everything. So it's here. It's all here. You can read it. You can look back through the prophets. You can see that they were talking about Jesus coming, and that God comes. You know, fully God, fully man. Um, The the other thing you need to be aware of, because you know how this mess happened, is that God wants a human family who chooses to be in relationship with him. Remember, go back to creation, cosmic temple. God's heart is to dwell with us here, and there's a spiritual family and us, and he wants us all to dwell together. And we sort of decide to go our own way. And, and the reason that we do that is he, in his wisdom, gave us the ability to choose. Because ultimately what God wants is a human family that chooses to be in relationship with him. Not because there's no other options, but because it's a choice that they make. And, and with that choice, all of us have chosen wrongly, every single one of us. But God is so gracious that not only does he give that choice, aware that this was, was going to happen, but then he backs it up by being the one who ultimately takes on all the consequences of every bad choice and sin that you do. When he comes, fully God, fully man, and goes to the cross and defeats death on your behalf. That's how those things tie together. So it's powerful. The gospel overcomes the power of sin and the power of death. You heard me teach on that many times. That at the fall, what really happens is these powers that weren't in existence came into existence. Power of sin, power of death. And the evil one was the Lord of over those things. Power, a sin, and death. And we've talked about that, how that comes out in, fear, in you know, greed and fear and what we're dealing with. But Jesus has overcome that at the cross, he overcomes sin. When you were dead in your sins, the power of sin, uh, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, this is Colossians 2, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all. That's a big word there. Don't, don't skip over that one. All our sins, not just some of them, 
all of them, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, took place at the fall, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. It's overcome all that mess. He's also overcome the power of death. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death, the power of sin and death. Free. Wow. That's the gospel. That's what he's done. Because it's the heart of God. For God so loved the world. He's never given up on us, even though he has so many opportunities to do that. But he loves you so much that he comes as, as Jesus, one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, which is where we're headed without him, but have eternal life. So God has done everything necessary for us. He's done it all. Our part in the whole thing, it's, it's not something that we earn. It's not something that we work for. It's not something that we deserve. What we have to do is believe and receive. That's the, our part of the gospel. The gospel is believed and received. It's a free gift. It's a free offer. Our, our part is just accepting it by faith in what Jesus has done. Uh, and, and so it's not by works. It's Faith alone. John 1, 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This is how we become the family of God. The children of God is by believing and receiving the gospel. Now, this is one of those culturally sensitive things that I, I, I would just... You, know, you don't have to agree with me about everything. Think about it and what it means. Cause, cause, and people might struggle here a little bit. And, and so some of you are still mad when I told you that angels don't have wings. <laughs> and if you weren't here, and I know it's, you know, because the ornaments are all coming out and all the angels got wings. But in the Bible, angels don't, cherubim and seraphim have wings. I, I give you that. But those are four-faced creatures that you don't see on those little models. Six wings and... Angels... You don't know when an angel's around. You don't know because they look like you. So anyway, if you're still mad at me, I'm sorry. Um, But here's another opportunity for you to process. The gospel is what gives you the right to become children of God. People, well, aren't we all children of God? We're all God's creation. But family, you're adopted in because of Jesus. That's how that goes. And, and that's why it's a big deal. That's why the gospel matters. That's why we do what we do. It's, it's not because we hate people or we want, we love people and we want them to be reconciled to God. It's at the heart of everything. And culture wants to start making, well, it's not really important. Everything is okay. I said, no, no. There's, there's, there's truth. It's Jesus is the truth and he wants people to be his family. It's the heart of God. So how is it believed and received? I, I say this verse at the end of almost every message, Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This, this prayer of faith, what it does is, see, it's more than a prayer. It begins a relationship with Jesus. Holy Spirit comes, and it's in this relationship that you're forming with him and being reconciled to God that everything is changed. It's, it's beyond, but this is the start. This is the beginning. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And, and this is at the heart of the gospel. This is how we start our journey. And everything that needed for us was accomplished 2,000 years ago. I love that. It's fascinating to me. 
The gospel is an historical event. It happened. Sometimes people struggle. How can we know anything happened 2,000 years ago? Actually, um, recorded history is pretty amazing from that time period, and there's lots of historians. Uh, and even in what was going on, Josephus and everything, sort of, they, they move around it. But the Bible is a perfect place for eyewitness account, and we have eyewitness testimony uh, about Jesus. And it's not just one or two. It's not done in secret. It's not just the 12 guys. Although he appears to them, it's even more than that. So after Jesus dies and is buried, he's resurrected, and he appears to his guys, and he's different. Because they don't recognize him, but they do recognize him. And he sort of just walks into rooms now, doesn't need doors. The resurrected body is different. And and so we need to be aware of that. And he's he's coming that way, and people see him. So he appears to Zephyrus, Peter, then to the to 12, and then he appears to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Now, you understand that they're not still living. <laughs> they were at the time when Paul wrote it, right? So just make clarification. Wow, them are some old people. Go look for some 2,000-year-old people and ask away. Some have fallen. Some have. He, the, the point there is, listen, this is a, a, eyewitnesses exist to the resurrection of Jesus. Go ask. They're around. There's plenty of them around. They, they saw him. And so we have this kind of evidence so that we can rest in the fact that the resurrection took place. The crucifixion took place. It all happened. Finally, the gospel is good news. It's good news. It's, it's the amazing best news ever. If what you're sharing with people when you share the gospel isn't good, you're not doing it quite right. It's good news. It's life-changing news. It's not setting them up to be rule followers or to be critical or mean or anything. It's setting them up to be reconciled to God and to experience life forever. And, and all of the cool things that come with the good news. You know, my sins are forgiven and I'm justified just as if I'd never sinned. So cool. And I've, I have the promise of a forever life and a resurrected body. All those things are cool. Um, but you also don't limit it to that. See, a lot of this happens to impact you right now. You're forgiven. You know why you're forgiven? So that your sin doesn't get in the way of you enjoying God. Now. Do you see how the enemy tries to keep you trapped? Oh, I'm, 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 I don't, I can't. I do. God. No. Now. You can enjoy him now. You're justified. The, the reality that you, God sees you as if you'd never sinned in Jesus is, is so that you can enjoy God now without all the baggage and without all the mess and without all the guilt. You, you know, the, the promise of new life and, and, uh, and you know, new bodies and all those cool things, uh, that what they do is it's not just that we're waiting, but that reality impacts us right now so that we can enjoy God and be enjoyed by him. This is what it means to be reconciled. Romans 5.11, not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now, now, now received reconciliation. It's a now thing. The gospel, good news. And when we receive the good news, it brings us back to the peace of God. My, one of my absolute favorite verses. I've said that about every verse you've ever heard me talk about. But this, the peace of God which transcends all understanding, which passes all that. You can't, your mind can't even work it out. will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As recipients of the gospel, 
you get to experience the peace of God, which is one of the most amazing things that you'll ever experience in your life. And when you're in it, it allows you to live engaged in this battle that we're called to because it's in his power and it's his way. And he gives us opportunities to share this amazing, amazing good news that we have that changes people's lives forever. That's what happens with the good news of the gospel of peace on your feet. And uh, we'll end the discussion there for today. And next week it's Shield of Faith time. So very cool. Looking forward to that already. I'm going to wrap it up right there. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over the wall. People on the way over that wall here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure that you get it. And let me say this again. That was a gospel message. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, look, you, you respond, you receive, you believe. And that's how your life is changed. And it starts with a prayer. As I said, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And that prayer in faith begins your eternal journey. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, do it. Just do it right now. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? Changes everything. Best decision you'll ever make in your life. And so that's a great place to start for those of you uh, with that. Okay, cool. Peace. Listen, if you haven't... Has anyone been easily irritated lately? Experience the peace of God. It's here for you right now. Just say, oh God, I want your peace. And he's there for you. That's how cool God is. Okay, it's raining children. That means I should do this. Thank you for your generosity, folks. Bless you. Ways to give her there. And uh, thank you for your faithfulness and partnering with us on this journey. Let's sing doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Looks nice out. Get out there. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. Those doors will be open for you. God bless you. Thanks for watching online. We love you guys. And uh, good news, right? Wow. Ah, next week, Shield of Faith. Really cool stuff as well. So get ready for that. Hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks for being a part. See you soon.